He had dreamed of becoming a police officer, just 28 years old, out on his first solo patrol, remembering the rookie OPP constable fatally gunned down just hours after passing his probation. Tonight, the man and woman facing charges of first-degree murder accused in an act of extreme violence on the side of a rural stretch of road. Good evening. It likely sounded like just another routine call, a report of a vehicle in the ditch, how it ended with the killing of an officer, now the focus of an intense and heartbreaking investigation. Highlighting the risks faced by first responders as details emerge about the moments leading up to the shooting and the long rap sheet of one of the people now accused. We begin our coverage with CTV's Allison Hurst near Hagersville. Allison. Andrea, the OPP still has the road closed here behind me. More than 24 hours later, as they investigate the scene about a couple hundred meters just behind me. An emotional Brian Gunn gives a statement to police on what he witnessed down the road. I, I drove by, I seen the truck, I seen the truck in the ditch and... Then I seen two vehicles. One person was running across the road. He was on his way to get gas yesterday afternoon, and when he returned, he saw the officer. Actually getting out to, out of my car to see if the officer was okay. Then I, or to see not if he was okay, but obviously I could see he was face down. So I thought I'd better check and see. But he didn't. Gunn says he was nervous because he also witnessed two trucks speeding away. It's haunted me. I can't. I cannot believe it. An OPP spokesperson says Constable Greg Piazhala was responding to a call about a car in a ditch around 2.40 when he was shot and killed. It's really hard to find the right words in this type of situation. Uh, it's tragic. Um, it doesn't make sense. And uh, my heart, my prayers, my thoughts go out to the officer's family. A police hunt followed as they searched for the suspects. Today, both Randall McKenzie and Brandy Stewart-Sperry were in Cayuga Court and charged with first-degree murder. It is heartbreaking. It is uh, disturbing, very, ups uh, very upsetting for our community. Yeah, these things just don't happen in Haldeman County. McKenzie has a lengthy criminal past. Parole documents describe a robbery in May 2017 when he pointed a handgun at a person, ordered him to give you his keys, pointed the gun at a witness and pulled him away from his vehicle. You struck him on the head with the gun and drove off in his vehicle. The documents also outline that due to his behavior while incarcerated, including stabbing another offender, you spent most of your sentence in maximum security or segregation. In this decision from 2021, the board has decided to revoke your release. At the scene, a member of the community brought flowers, while others were left on the steps of the OPP detachment. The card reading, Hero in Life, and we've got the watch now. In an unusual step during the court proceedings, the justice commented on how tragic this has been for the community, adding he'd never seen anything like it here during his time on the bench. Mackenzie and Stuart Sperry will be back in court January 17th. Reporting live, I'm Allison Hurst. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Allison. Constable Pierce grew up in Barrie and served as a special constable at Queen's Park before becoming an OPP officer. He was also an accomplished athlete. The tributes to the young man are moving. CTV's Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris is live with more. Siobhan. Now, Greg Piazzella's life wasn't long, but he certainly left an impression with his kindness, his determination. One former coach compares him to a superhero. 
Constable Greg Piazhala's life was cut abruptly short at 28, hours into his first shift on patrol solo. What I remember about him the most is, you know, and, and you know, he's just his, his compassion and caring. Toronto Police Detective Constable Sean Garris became a mentor to Piazhala. <laughs> coaching him through wrestling matches at York University and guiding him into the career of policing Piazhala had been dreaming of since he was five. This kid was made for community policing. He had the, he just had the, the gentleness that every police officer needs when it comes to that kind of kind of work. In his hometown of Barrie, Piazhala left an indelible mark with his athletic talent and good nature. He's sort of like Captain America. He's the guy you want um, on your team. He's always doing the right thing, uh, polite, kind, good looking. He helped me become a better coach and a better person. Before fulfilling his dream to be a provincial officer. He had served with us as a special constable at Queen's Park prior to becoming a provincial constable. He was a member of the Canadian Armed Forces. An infantryman in the reserves. But Garris remembers well a text he received from Piazhala. Merry Christmas. This was last Christmas. Uh, to you and your family, and, uh, you know, uh, I made it. Sharing that he'd graduated from the Ontario Police College, following the path he'd set out on decades ago. It was such a short life, um, but he, he, he accomplished a lot, a heck of a lot, more than, more than a lot of people have. Garris says Piazhala may have come across as quiet when you first got to meet him, but really was a born leader, both in the gym and out. Reporting live, I'm Siobhan Morris. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Siobhan. Meanwhile, we're expecting an update from the OPP later this hour, and we'll bring that to you live. In the meantime, our coverage continues online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. Straight ahead, the change is coming to your local pharmacy that could make getting treatment a little easier. Those details in moments. But first, let's take a live look outside on this Wednesday evening. After all that cold, is there a winter warm-up on the way for Southern Ontario? Some double digits to end 2022, potentially. Jessica Smith is here now. Look at the current conditions, Jess. Andrew, I can promise you double digits. Before the year is over, we're looking at this major warm-up taking place. It really begins kind of later on this evening and then really settling into the day tomorrow. The bulk of the really messy weather just north of us, we're going to see that kind of in that corridor from Sault Ste. Marie through Perry Sound and over towards Ottawa. For Toronto and the GTA, generally just a cloudy evening ahead of us, albeit a mild one and a mild day that we had as well. Right now, in and around the Golden Horseshoe, kind of sitting between 3 and 5 degrees for the most part, comfortable to get out and go for a walk this evening. We're looking at 3 through the islands, Four over through Pearson. Tonight dropping down to zero, and we are climbing well above seasonal tomorrow. But there's some rain on the way. I'll have those details coming up. Nathan. All right. Thank you, Jessica. A visit to the doctor's office can often mean long waits, in, even if you get an appointment. But now Ontario is changing how people access care, trying to ease the current health care crisis. CTV's Raheem Ladani joins us live with the details. Raheem. Well, Andrea, pharmacists across the province, they've been asking the government for years to let them have a more active role in providing patient care. Well, in a few days, they're going to get their opportunity. With the new year just days away, Ontarians will notice a big change at their local pharmacy in 2023. Pharmacists will be allowed to offer people prescriptions for common medical ailments. What this means to my patients in my community is that it's another avenue for care. 
especially for those people who may not have a family doctor. Beginning January 1st, pharmacists will be able to prescribe medication for 13 different ailments. They include hay fever, oral thrush, pink eye, dermatitis, menstrual cramps, acid reflux, hemorrhoids, cold sores, impetigo, insect bites in hives, tick bites, sprains and strains, and urinary tract infections. Ultimately, Ontario is one of the last provinces to enable this scope of practice for pharmacists. And uh, this group of 13 conditions we see commonly uh, included in the scope of practice for pharmacists across the country. The service is meant to make it easier for patients to access care by removing a doctor's visit. It will come at no extra cost to Ontarians, and you will only need to bring your health card to the pharmacy. There is no line, no queue, like, you know, when you go and get, get your stuff and get cured, like, easily. I don't have to wait on my, um, on my doctor to get uh, or see the doctor to get a prescription for whatever I need. The province is hoping the move will free up doctors to provide care for more complex needs, helping reduce wait times at emergency departments and walk-in clinics, with many currently operating over capacity. It allows easier access for them um, to, to be able to have these consults. And yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to like a positive rollout of the program and, and seeing some positive benefits to the healthcare system in Ontario. Before heading to a pharmacy, people are advised to contact the pharmacist to confirm whether they provide prescribing services for the list of ailments. The Ontario Pharmacists Association says the list of 13 ailments will hopefully act as a test ground, with the ultimate goal being to expand the current list up to 30 ailments. Reporting live, I'm Raheem Lodani. Andrea, back to you. Thanks, Raheem. Pearson maintains it's making a dent in its baggage backlog. The mountain of luggage is a daunting sight for people arriving home from vacation. CTV's Andrew Brennan is live with more. Andrew. Well, Nathan, the other daunting task is trying to be able to find it when you see islands of bags throughout the destiny, uh, the departures level. And for those that are from international, they have to go now, it seems, off-site just to be able to potentially find their luggage. Deljeet Saini is looking for her niece's bag. She left for Calgary days ago. The bag apparently did not. When she got there, she did not find her luggage. Okay? And now she has no clothes, nothing. So her niece is meeting her future in-laws, wearing her sister-in-law-to-be's clothes. Peter arrived in Toronto from Vancouver five days ago. His bag, however, is nowhere to be found. He says he spent days waiting for an update from Flair Airlines. We've been trying to get in touch with them, and they said, yeah, just keep waiting, we'll get back to you, and we'll sort it all out. Um, but you know, at this point, it's like, I just came here to get my luggage. Um, so kind of just trying to take matters into my own hands. But he came up empty-handed. The Greater Toronto Airports Authority says bad weather across the continent, plus a conveyor belt breakdown in Terminal 3 this weekend, created a perfect storm, leaving the departure level awash with islands of unclaimed and unsorted banks. We've made significant progress in what we've been doing is organizing and planning the bags that have been stranded to make it easy for the airlines and then take hold of those bags and get them back into the hands of those passengers. That's little consolation for Jesus Sanchez and his family, who arrived in Toronto on Christmas Day. Are you angry or are you upset? Are you, are you tired? Hungry. Yeah, for my back was here, man. Five years, five the days, nothing. They're about to head home and, as of now, without their belongings. 
In the latest update we've confirmed, both Air Canada and Sunwing are advising passengers from international flights to go to a location off-site near the airport in order to sift through and potentially find their bags in the coming days. Reporting live, I'm Andrew Brennan. Nathan, we'll send it back to you inside. All right, thank you, Andrew. Well, imagine being stranded in Mexico with an airline representative saying you'll be there forever. Mm. That's what a Toronto couple and their five-month-old baby faced while trying to get home. And as CTV's John Woodward reports, that comment was caught on video. Ritesh Badia's five-month-old son, Rumi, was not happy to be stuck in the Cancun airport days after they were supposed to leave. They should understand that we are in trouble. We have a baby to take care of. The family's eight-day trip had been extended when their Sunwing flight was cancelled on December 21st and they were shuffled from hotel to airport multiple times along with hundreds of other passengers as operational difficulties were compounded with a North America-wide storm. On Christmas Eve, the Badias arrived at the airport early hoping to get on a flight to Toronto. The Sunwing representative started to make a list of people who can travel and he put my name in the very, almost at the end. I was furiated with that thing because I was with my five months old baby and I was waiting in the lines from early in the morning. That's when he says the representative told him to back off, saying this. I'll make sure people stay I was devastated, like, I mean, I have paid to Sunwing to take me back to Toronto. I'm not asking for any favor. Passenger Hima Cochero Lowe says she heard it too and got scared. I didn't take it as a joke. I took it as a, whoa, you know, we're not in Canada. I don't really fully understand, like, which laws apply here and what could happen to me if we say the wrong thing or if we upset the wrong person. Passengers need to document experiences like that, says advocate Gabor Lukash. This is something that, that should be compensated way beyond the normal framework. This, this is outrageous. This is egregious what we are seeing there. Canada's transportation minister said on Twitter this ongoing situation is unacceptable. Canadians must receive the information they need to return home safely. We expect all airlines to keep their passengers informed when it comes to delivering a service that they were paid to do. Sunwing has said it's working around the clock to bring Canadians home. We sent them questions about this video on Tuesday and they haven't responded. Badia stayed quiet and got on a Sunwing flight home the following day. I believe these kind of threats should not be given to any passenger. Cochero Lowe paid her own way home with a different airline. Both want the federal government to make sure consumer rights are protected. John Woodward, CTV News. In Buffalo, police are checking on people in their homes to make sure they're okay following that massive storm. We're still going through door-to-door -door of those check-to-welfares, checking homes, uh, and, and trying to get that mission accomplished. 34 people in the city and surrounding Erie County died, as well as another person in Niagara County. The good news, almost all electricity was restored by this morning as temperatures begin to rise and the city continues to dig out. But a driving ban remains in effect. Today, the mayor says officials are working to reopen the city tomorrow. The United States is joining a number of countries imposing mandatory COVID-19 tests on travelers from China. Beginning January 5th, all air passengers two years and older will require a negative result. The test must be done no more than two days before departure from China, Hong Kong or Macau. There has been a dramatic spike in cases in China after the government dropped its stringent zero COVID policies earlier this month. 
India, Italy, Japan, and Taiwan have already implemented new measures after Beijing's policy change. And now some are questioning whether Canada should make a similar move. CTV's Beth McDonnell reports. The United States, Japan, and India are doing it. Countries requiring travelers from China to show a negative COVID-19 test in order to visit. A move some in Canada want done here. Because the Chinese government has not been forthcoming with their data sharing, we don't know how bad the variants are. And if we don't currently have a vaccine uh, or a booster shot for the variant, then we certainly have to be more diligent and careful than we are now. Starting January 8th, Chinese citizens can travel abroad for the first time since the start of the pandemic. After anti-lockdown protests, China lifted its strict COVID-0 policy three weeks ago, which has led to an abrupt reopening. Experts predict deaths will soar in the months ahead, and there are questions about what is really going on. I lost my grandmother two days ago because she couldn't get a bed in the city she lives in. And everybody whom I've talked to in the Chinese mainland diaspora here in Toronto all told me they've had at least one member died within the last two or three weeks. So the situation certainly is way worse than what the Ch Chinese government has purported to be. CTV News asked officials in charge if any restrictions into Canada could be coming. Our government continues to monitor COVID-19 numbers and we continue to follow the advice of public health officials, said a Minister of Transport Office spokesperson. As of now, travelers are not required to provide a COVID-19 test upon arrival in Canada. However, we continue to monitor the situation and keep Canadians safe. But having requirements restrict entry would not be useful, says this infectious disease specialist. He hopes Canada doesn't follow other countries. Understanding what variants are coming through is uh, certainly something that's good for surveillance. Uh, there's some interesting ways you can do that, including looking at wastewater from airports, uh, perhaps the occasional random test. He says airport testing has no major impact on keeping variants out and we are no longer in an emergency phase of the pandemic. You know, in April 2020, almost nobody had immunity on the ground. Now, almost everybody does. So even if uh, COVID's coming into the country, you're protected against severe disease. And that's the beauty of having immunity, whether it's from the vaccine, having had COVID, or both. He believes there is no good reason to prevent people from visiting friends and family. Beth McDonnell, CTV News. At the Vatican, there are concerns tonight about the health of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Doctors are monitoring the 95-year-old's condition after it worsened. CTV's Annie Bergeron Oliver reports. In his final audience of the year, Pope Francis strayed from his notes and asked worshippers to pray for his predecessor, Pope Benedict. He is very sick. May the Lord sustain him in this witness of love for the Church until the end. The Vatican won't say much about Pope Benedict's condition, but says in recent hours the 95-year-old's health has deteriorated. It's the very first time that the Pope Francis talked about the Pope Benedict like that, uh, using this word, uh, um, saying that he's very ill, so we can take it as a very serious alert. In this last public photo, those who had seen Benedict said his body was frail, but his mind was still sharp. Pope Benedict shocked the world in 2013 when he announced he no longer had the mental or physical strength to lead the Catholic Church. His resignation, the first for the papacy in 600 years.
Benedict resigned will be what he is most known for. He really changed the image of the papacy. He reminded people that the papacy is not some ordained job. It is a ministry that you're given and you can retire from that job. What the Vatican is planning in the case of Benedict's death is uncertain, but papal experts anticipate his funeral will be more intimate than his predecessors, including Pope John Paul II, since Benedict's death will not automatically trigger the election of a new pope. The general feeling here is that it's we're very close to the end, and uh, I think the, uh, there will be uh, more, uh, perhaps a celebration of his life than mourning Pope Francis visited Benedict after greeting pilgrims at the Vatican. Benedict is said to be receiving constant medical attention, but his condition is stable. Annie Bergeron Oliver, CTV News, London. Canada and three other countries took another step today to try to make Iran accountable for the downing of Flight 752 nearly three years ago. 55 Canadian citizens and 30 permanent residents were killed when the Ukraine International Airlines jet was shot down by two Iranian missiles near Tehran. Most of the 176 people on board were citizens of Canada, Britain, Sweden, and Ukraine. The four nations jointly have been seeking accountability and reparations, but to no avail. Today, they requested Iran submit to formal binding arbitration of the dispute under the rules of a convention signed by all parties. If the dispute is not settled within six months, Tehran can be taken to the International Court of Justice. One of the co-leaders of a plot to kidnap Michigan's governor was sentenced to more than 19 years in prison today. Barry Croft Jr. was described as an architect of the conspiracy to abduct Gretchen Whitmer before the U.S. presidential election. The sentence is the longest yet given to anyone convicted in the plot. Adam Fox was convicted yesterday and was sentenced to 16 years. The pair were among 13 men arrested in October 2020. France's Armed Forces Minister traveled to Ukraine today, pledging further support in the war against Russia. At a meeting in Kyiv, the Ukrainian president thanked Sebastian Lecornu for his country's military and financial aid. France's support will include a $288 million fund that would allow Ukraine to purchase weapons. The French say they could also deliver a new air defense system at some point. In Florida, SpaceX carried out its 60th launch of the year today. A Falcon 9 rocket lifted off Cape Canaveral before sunrise. It was carrying 54 Starlink satellites that were later deployed to low Earth orbit. They'll become part of a system bringing Internet service to parts of the world that don't currently have it. SpaceX also plans to lift an Israeli Earth imaging satellite into orbit later this week. Later tonight, brewing up something important for a friend in need. Fans of an Ontario coffee house raising money after an unexpected diagnosis turns the owner's life around. A beautiful night to get out and enjoy a walk and probably the last night we will have for a while without some active weather. As we head through the rest of our night sitting around four or five degrees, cloud cover will start to build in and then we are watching for the rain. Coming up, a full look at your long range forecast and how warm is it going to get? I'll show you in just a minute. Stay tuned.
Well, after being snowed in for about five days, back. no power for three plus days, I want to thank Rick Harper, our good friend at Sparrow yes. Lake, for digging us out so I was able to come to work. And Nathan, I know you've done a lot of heavy lifting while I was away. I mean, everybody has, but you had to do a lot you know, of solo shows. So. So, I mean, we're not doing manual labor. It's yes. not so hard. What? But anyway, thank goodness you're back. And you know what? It's a, it's a big change yeah. forecast over the next few Listen, days. Listen, we have that snowstorm to kick things off before the holidays. And welcoming in 2023, we have rain and double digits. So if you don't like the winter, we've got the rain. Uh, weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. We went from wild winter weather. We're climbing up to the double digits before this week is done. And we're watching for a low pressure system to settle in. That's going to bring a very different type of forecast as we round out 2022. We had temperatures dip well below seasonal thanks to some cold Arctic air that plunged into our forecast. It brought all that snow. A lot of folks still without power. Different story as we head in towards the end of the week. Up towards northern Ontario, kind of Moosonee, Piawanek, you're still looking at really cold temperatures. But anywhere kind of south of Sudbury, you're holding on to some warmth. And this really builds in as we head towards the end of the week. Right now, the city of Toronto is sitting at three degrees getting through the overnight. We'll see some cloud cover move in. We're going to be at zero. We should be at minus eight. So it goes to show you just how warm it has gotten. And it only gets warmer as we head in towards the day tomorrow and through to New Year's Eve. A daytime high of eight degrees. We should be at minus one. The same right through to Peterborough, Kingston, down towards Niagara. Everybody is feeling the warm up. Not a fan of the winter weather. We're dealing with a major melt coming up. And that's thanks to this warm southern air pushing into southern Ontario. It's going to affect parts of southern Quebec as well. And this temperature shift really carries us right through to the end of the year and the beginning of 2023. The bulk of the really messy weather today is in northern Ontario. So north of Lake Superior and kind of a line from Sault Ste. Marie all the way across to Ottawa. Central and southern Ontario for the most part dealing with just generally cloud cover. We are looking at a warm front that's going to push in ahead of the rain. So we're going to see a big boost in our temperature. And then the rain comes in as we head in towards the later part of the day on Friday. Tomorrow, more in the way of just drizzle. So tonight, really beautiful evening ahead of us. Very cloudy getting through the day tomorrow. We are watching for the chance of drizzle off and on throughout the day. The bulk of the really soggy stuff doesn't come in until we get in towards the end of the day on Friday. So... It'll start in towards Windsor, then London, and then right across southern Ontario as we get ready to wrap up the week. So heading in towards New Year's Eve, it only gets warmer. We're looking at 10 degrees as we head in towards our Friday, Saturday, Sunday, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. On the positive side of things, we don't really get anywhere close to seasonal until we get to about Monday of next week, but then we rebound right back up to double digits. All right, we'll be right back. A Cambridge couple is thanking the community for an outpouring of support. During what were already tough times came a diagnosis that would change their lives forever. CTV's Krista Sharp has more. Well-known business owners Monica and Graham Braun. It's just got enough depth that if someone's going to put cream in it, it won't die. Have been through a lot in the past three years. COVID was a really tough time for anybody in hospitality. But it was just over one year ago that even worse circumstances came their way. A diagnosis of a rare neurological disease. During COVID, well, and we go for three opinions and they all said it's ALS. ALS typically comes in a couple of different onset ways. Um, mine was a lower limb onset, so I noticed that at one point I was walking and my foot kind of dragged 
along the toes. Their downtown Cambridge coffee shop is a buzzing spot, well known for its community outreach. The couple, married for almost 25 years, quit their corporate jobs and started Monogram Coffee Roasters 10 years ago. They're Monogram. They're Monogram. Like this name for this coffee shop is perfect for them. They are two peas in a pod and always have been. As Graham progressed from a cane to a walker and now a wheelchair, the cost of his decline has begun to add up. Kijiji's great. We've been getting some good stuff on there. ALS Canada's brought us some things. Not only did their home need to be renovated to fit a wheelchair, but his only way into the cafe now is through the back door with a removable ramp. He hasn't really been in physically to the business in months because it's hard, not just to get him in here, but just tired. Really what I miss most is being here with the customers. Those customers and other community members raising about $40,000 thanks to a fundraiser started by a friend. It was hard for me to convince them to do it, but I was really encouraging them because I know this community loves them so much. Their next project is to make the front door accessible. So it would require a fairly big rejig of our front door and then a fairly long ramp because we're a few feet up to the, the front door. And Graham's ultimate goal is to make the whole community feel the love that he feels right now. Even if we can't make it accessible before I get to use it, I want it to be accessible for the future. Krista Sharp, CTV News, Cambridge. The NHL has fined the Toronto Maple Leafs $100,000. That's because the team traveled to St. Louis on Boxing Day for a game the following night. The collective bargaining agreement between the league and the Players Association does not allow team activities between December 24th and the 26th. Head coach Sheldon Keefe was also fined $25,000 for demeaning conduct directed at officials during the game. Money from both fines will go to the NHL Foundation. Captain Clutch has been voted the Canadian Press Female Athlete of the Year. Marie-Philippe Poulon is the only hockey player in the world to score goals in four consecutive Olympic hockey finals. She also captained Canada to back-to-back -back world championships in 2021 and 2022. The Canadian Press Male Athlete of the Year will be announced tomorrow and the Team of the Year on Friday. Toronto's Ray Lalonde will be going for his 10th win on Jeopardy tonight. Another big lead today, $27,800. Did he read The Velveteen Rabbit as a young Canadian boy? <laughs> Apparently he did. What was the wager? $8,000. Pretty big payday today. All three contestants got the final Jeopardy question correct, but Lalonde was able to cruise to victory with nearly $18,600, distancing himself and his closest competitor. Altogether, he's netted $255,000, $100,000 in winnings so far. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. I drove by, I seen the truck, I seen the truck in the ditch, and then I seen two vehicles. One person was running across the road. Updating our top stories with just a year or under a year of experience under his belt, rookie OPP officer Greg Pershala was shot and killed during his first solo patrol in Hagersville, Ontario. A man and woman are facing first-degree ch murder charges and appeared in court today. What this means to my patients in my community is that it's another avenue for care. 
As of January 1st, pharmacies across the province will be offering prescriptions for 13 common ailments. Ontarians will be able to access medication for rashes, pink eye, urinary tract infections, and more using only their health cards. We've been trying to get in touch with them and they said, yeah, just keep waiting, we'll get back to you and we'll sort it all out. Um, but at this point, it's like, I just came here to get my luggage. The chaos at Pearson Airport continues after a major winter storm disrupted the busy holiday travel season. Hundreds of bags are piling up with passengers unable to locate them as airport workers struggle to get through the baggage backlog. Remember to follow us on social media and keep up to date day and night through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. And if you have a news tip, photos or video of breaking news, let us know. In business, jolly old St. Nick has come and gone, but the so-called Santa Claus rally on stock markets hasn't happened. North American stock markets falling slightly today with waning hopes for a positive end to the year. With more, here's Jacqueline Hansen from BNM Bloomberg. It is the final trading week of the year, and while some investors may be hoping for a year-end rally, we are not seeing that yet. Both Canadian and U.S. markets ended the day lower, and they're set to end the entire year lower. In Canada, less so than the U.S., but in Toronto, the TSX is still down this year by about 9%. In the U.S., the losses are far larger. The broad S&P 500 is down 20% this year, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ has fallen more than 34%. A big focus for investors right now is China's rapid reopening. The country dropped travel quarantine requirements, and that's leading to a boom in outbound travel bookings. Many Chinese residents are jumping at the chance for a change in scenery after almost three years of COVID restrictions. But it's still unclear what effect China's exit from COVID-0 will have overall on the local and global economy. The reopening could help ease supply chain issues further. However, a rebound in demand in China could also add to inflationary pressures. Meanwhile, travelers in North America are dealing with more flight cancellations today. Southwest Airlines has canceled thousands of flights so far this week. Winter storms that also hit airlines in Canada combined with outdated booking technology have wreaked havoc on the airline. Shares of Southwest Airlines fell nearly 6% yesterday and another 5% today. Let's take a look at some of the closing market numbers for today. The Canadian dollar is trading slightly lower to about 73.5 cents U.S. West Texas Intermediate Oil is down about 60 cents to a little under $79 U.S. a barrel. And Western Canadian Select is down a little more than a dollar to roughly $51 U.S. a barrel. As for stock markets, the TSX dropped more than 220 points to end the day at 19,284.1. That is the latest in business. I'm Jacqueline Hansen of BNM Bloomberg. A new survey finds many Canadians say repaying debt is their number one goal for the new year. CIBC says low interest rates led to many people taking on too much debt. And rising rates are making some anxious. CTV's Rob Laurie reports. People are very concerned about... Mortgage broker uh, Leslie Blow is hearing from a lot of worried clients, especially those with variable rate mortgages. They've seen their payments go up anywhere from $400 to $1,000 a month. Some people want to sell the house. They want, uh, they want to sell the house, but they... they the market doesn't have a lot of buyers nowadays. It comes at a time when just about everything costs more. 
And even that didn't stop people from spending after two years of pandemic. The result, according to Equifax, the average Canadian now has more than $21,000 of debt. And that's before mortgage debt and before the latest holiday shopping bills come in. People spend a lot of money in December. Uh, those credit card bills coming in January are a big shock to many people. According to CIBC, slaying their personal debt monsters is top of mind for 18% of Canadians. 17% say keeping up with their bills is top priority, and just 14% say their goal is to grow their investments. I think some people are starting to get quite worried about a recession in 2023, and, uh, and particularly they're worried about uh, things like employment and, uh, and the economy. So what does the bank recommend you do to improve your finances in the new year? Number one, get rid of credit card debt. If you are at a high interest rate debt like a credit card, I wouldn't bother with any type of savings other than maybe an emergency fund. In other words, forget about retirement savings, forget about RSPs, forget about TFSAs, because you're never going to get a 20% after-tax guaranteed annual rate of return on any investment. That is your effective rate on paying down credit card debt. Despite concerns about personal finances, the poll also found 60% of Canadians say they feel prepared for an economic downturn. Rob Lurie, CTV News. Tonight, bracing for more extreme weather that's already hobbled the holidays. We'll go over top of the beach walls here. The beach walls aren't that high. How the sun and moon work together to create dangerous king tides later on CTV National News. And a reminder, the CTV News at 6 podcast is available as a download every weeknight. And you can also listen to the show live on News Talk 1010. Get Toronto's top stories, breaking news alerts, and watch live. Download the CTV News app. Andrea shared her experience a little earlier in the show. Some Ontario communities are still digging out following the intense winter storm that hammered parts of the province last week. CTV's Nate Vandermeer reports from Prince Edward County. This massive snowbank, remnants of the holiday winter storm. And as cleanup continues along Main Street in Picton, Jeff Hendon is thankful for equipment like this. I'm glad that guy came with the uh, bulldozer and got it out. I would have been here for probably two days trying to do it. While snowbanks of four to five feet dwarf residents, Hendon says his property 20 kilometers away is like a different world. It was 130 kilometer wind gusts and my power was out for 40 hours. And it just seemed to blow away. I had, I could still see the grass when there was three feet snow here. Prince Edward County Mayor Steve Ferguson says crews have been working through the night to remove the snow, estimating they are about 50% done. Picton is the uh, the biggest settlement area and we're moving on to Wellington tonight and possibly Bloomfield tonight. And once they're cleared up, we'll head up to some of the smaller hamlets and uh, do what we can there as well. Ferguson says this storm was one of the worst he's ever seen. There have been, been other storms, but uh, I... <laughs> Nothing like this one. There were some drifts in the rural areas that were up to 15 or 20. The concern here now is localized flooding, with temperatures expected to rise significantly by the end of the week. People do need to be prepared for the, uh, the amount of water we're going to have as a result of the melt. I'm certainly urging people to make sure their sump pumps are operating in, in the rural areas as well as the, uh, the residential areas. Stressing to residents that patience is key while cleanup continues. And as Hendon finishes up his shoveling, he jokes it could be worse. I mean, thank God we don't live in Buffalo, right? Nate Vandermeer, CTV News, Picton. 
Amen. Well, Canada will be looking to get into the win column for the first time at the World Juniors tonight. And we're off. Game two for Canada. Play is underway in Canada's second game of the tournament. They're taking on Germany right now, who are coming off a 1-0 loss to Sweden. Canada fell to Czechia 5-2 in its opener on Monday. We all know what Andre de Grasse can do on the track, but he grew up in Scarborough playing basketball, and he was back there today for his annual youth basketball tournament. It's been over three years since, we, since we've had this tournament, um, and now we got, we, got, we got under 13, under 14 boys here uh, playing. Um, you know, we're going to see who's going to be the championship today, but it's all, we're all here for a good cause. The Andre de Grasse Holiday Classic raises money for the Kids Help Phone, which the sprinter says has done amazing work for youth mental health. 20 teams from all over the city were taking part in the tournament that wrapped up today at the Toronto Pan Am Sports Centre. They're all winners. They are all for winners. Sure. Exactly. Jessica, is it going to be a winning forecast coming up? It depends on how you like your weather. If you like rain, I've got everything you need over the next couple of days. If you like warm weather, I've got that too. We're holding on to some, some warmth tonight, but really the, the shift takes place tomorrow. Temperatures climb above seasonal and they stay there for the rest of the year, which is only a couple more days. Hard to believe. The bulk of the really messy stuff today is in towards central and northern Ontario, tracking east in through Quebec. Here in southern Ontario, we're looking at more in the way of just increasing cloud. We're watching for drizzle to roll in throughout the day tomorrow in the afternoon, but the bulk of the rain takes place on Friday. So keep that in mind. Yes, it is going to get nice and warm, but it comes at a bit of a price with an active system. Getting up tomorrow morning, though, hey, not too bad if you're an early riser, going for a walk, going for a run, enjoying some time off if you're not working in that weird time between Christmas and New Year's. It's really nice outside. Four degrees and a mix of sun and cloud by 9 a.m. and winds very light out of the south. As we make our way through the rest of our evening right now, sitting at three degrees, comfortable to get out and go skating. I know a lot of rinks are open over the next couple of days. Yes, it is going to be nice and warm, but keep an eye on your storm drains. Clear them out. I know there was a lot of snow over the holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. If you can get those ready, it's a good idea because there is rain on the way for the foreseeable future. Nice and warm, though, getting up to 10 degrees as we wrap up the week. New Year's Eve comes with rain, but hey, positive temperatures. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Be sure to join Joy Malvin tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Raheem Ladani with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Jessica Smith and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night. Good night.